tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! <laughs> Slowly. Check, check, check. All right. Hey guys, can we restart? Check. Broadcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! <laughs> let that build up. All right! <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. This is the AfterBuzz TV After Show here at AfterBuzz TV, of course. For Graceland, we're talking season three, episode two, Chester Cheeto. God, it kind of makes me hungry. <laughs> I'm your host, Stephen Lemieux. You can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux. And uh, I must say, we have something special for you tonight. And by something special, I mean something special. Thank you for joining us. And if you're watching live, hit that thumbs up right now because we have Jamie Greyheader in the studio. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Good thank to you, see you guys again. And no Graceline After Show would be complete even if it has Jamie Greyheader without my partner in crime, my PIC, you're up in the DOG. I don't know why I'm saying anything. <laughs> Go ahead, Stephanie. <laughs> but it was George. cool for a second. What's Just good, everybody? Second. It's your girl, Steffi G, a.k.a. Stephanie Georgie, a.k.a. Agent Georgie. <laughs> And you're on Twitter at Stephanie Georgie. Oh, and I'm on Twitter at Stephanie Georgie. Hey. And then go ahead, give uh, give Jamie a follow right now at JG Hyder on Twitter. Twitter how much yes. you're glad that she's on the show and how much you're glad that Lucia survived yet another episode. She's okay, guys. She's alive. She's here. I'm holding her. She's Close. getting black bagged and thrown in the back of a truck at the end of the episode, but she's alive-ish. <laughs> Ish. I mean, yeah. you're in a better place than, uh, than Layla. I'm not sure. Yeah. Lena or Layla? Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, Layla I guess Briggs isn't going to just shoot her. You never know with Carlitos, guys. I know. It's true. So this was a great episode. It was kind of uh, a lot of character development. It didn't have, like, any of those gigantic 
build-up scenes, except for with uh, with Johnny's storyline, which was great. Mm-hmm. I just love what we get with there. But uh, we're going to break the show down today in uh, five storylines, because that's kind of what it is. We got the Armenia storyline, which is Briggs with uh, Ari. We got the Mike story with his battling addiction, which we see from episode one. It kind of foreshadowed that. Uh, Paige story with whining a lot. Um, Johnny's story <laughs> with uh, Carlito. And then we're going to wrap up with the heavy stuff with Charlie. That was... Uh, you know, it was a nice reveal, a nice twist at the end. I know Johnny's storyline is the more heavy stuff, but uh, you don't have your chopsticks. Buddy. I don't have my chopsticks to catch a slide in here. But all right, so this is, guys, this is ridiculous. I can't stand this. Okay, so I'm embarrassed. You know, it's fun to try. Okay. All right, so Graceland on USA Network. Oh, is that what we're talking about? All right. Go ahead. So we're starting with Ari? Shakari? Dun-dun-dun. Okay, we're starting with the Armenian storyline with Briggs. So scrolling down here on my laptop to that. I was saying earlier, everyone, that this guy, as much as he's, like, no mercy, he's seriously, like, the funniest person on the show right now. Because every time he's on screen, he's cracking me up. Yeah, Ari's character. You know, we have some really good villains on, yeah. on our show. But you he's can't like, help but I can't like even hate him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the, the story opens with uh, Briggs and Ari driving in a car, and you're like, all right, this is going to be bad, just knowing. Uh, they're driving, and you see this guy running in a really funny jumpsuit, like orange jumpsuit, or red, I'm colorblind, red. whatever. Uh, and he's like, oh, look, it's Chester Cheeto. Let's uh, let's say hello to Chester Cheeto. At this point, Briggs doesn't even know that he has a relationship or has even talked to this guy before. He thinks he's just, just literally... making fun of the fat guy running on the street. ...about yeah. to beat up a fat guy for no reason other than being fat. Um, <laughs> so we find out his name is Ty we'll Gilbrand. show you obesity. I'm just kidding. God, that's what it sounded like. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> beat the exercising to your kids. No. <laughs> so we find out his name is Ty Gilbrand. And uh, they need him to sign this paper for the Sarki- selling something to the Sarkissians. And uh, basically it ends up with him over the edge of the bridge. And we get this kind of comedic scene of Briggs has to hold him over the bridge while he's like trying to get him to sign it upside down. Mm-hmm. But we kind of have a feeling that Ari's not really going to bring him back over the bridge. And well, then, I'm sure uh, he would have had circumstances been otherwise. You think no, so? It was... It was comedic, where he wasn't worried about the guy over the bridge. He's like, ah, oh, this damn pen. I lost the pen. I know. And the best <laughs> friend's like, oh, no, no, it's okay. He signed all three pages. The last one's blurry, but I yeah, can fix we're all it. Good. <laughs> and then we have this great Austin Powers, Will Ferrell, Fez dude moment. <laughs> I am okay. I'm still alive. I'm just really badly burnt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm going to try and move my leg. No. No, I will not do that again. Somebody <laughs> call 911. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're already calling 911. Let's get out of here. And... Honestly, the scene, aside from Austin Powers with the comedy, it reminded me a lot of Breaking Bad. The way it was written, kind of paced out, where it was like a slow but funny. You got this guy who, he's doing really messed up stuff, Mm -hmm. but it's still kind of lighthearted in how Briggs is kind of a hardened dude, but still like doesn't even know what to think. I don't know, it had a very Breaking Bad feeling to me. Uh, The next time we get them... Uh, we get an insert of Briggs at the DOJ meeting doing a drop with cash mm-hmm. to get this little pistol with the with the taped handle. And then the next time we see him is at the garage. So we find out that uh, what's-his-face, Mr. Ty Gilbrand, is actually a billionaire. Mm-hmm. 
So they just willy-nilly threw a billionaire off a bridge. Um, he's the king of the computer chip, apparently. So, like, everything that has to do with missile launch codes and, like, very complex uh, coding, like, into comp- I don't really know. Right. Honestly, like, Except I'm for not- that he should have called him Dorito. Yeah, he should have. funny part. chip, you know, yeah. cool And ranch. what's funny is that the, the funny part was just Ari getting the joke. Yeah. That part was, I guess he's like, oh, I, ah, I got it. <laughs> Idioms don't translate. You funny guy. Um, so... This is where Briggs is right about to just freaking pull the gun. He goes kind of into his own head for a second, aims the gun at the guy, and he's about to shoot. And we actually get, like, a, the we, they keep giving us these dream sequence kind of things where he actually does shoot him and he's on the ground. Um, but then we hear a girl's voice like, Where is it going to be? <laughs> what? No, she yells, Ari! <laughs> no, she's yelling for Colby. She asks, she's like, Yelling for Colby, oh. then she says, Ari, where's Colby? Colby is um, Briggs's in with Ari, if we remember from the first episode. Right, but he's that, no longer with them. Exactly, because basically he wanted to get out of his cover. His cover was done. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tells him Colby's not on the payroll. Uh, we find out that Layla is the big boss's daughter, the Sarkissian daughter, so basically the uh, the Lucia of the Sarkissian family. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. So now we're going to have Briggs taking Johnny's story. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, she was looking for... Uh, Colby, and we get this great line where uh, Ari tells Briggs, you're a bad liar. And I'm just thinking, like, yeah, that's some uh, dramatic irony there for you. Right, yeah. So, uh, he tells Briggs to take care of her, and Briggs is like, oh, like, like take care of her? <laughs> no, like, get room so I can hook up with her and, like, keep it on the DL, man. Yeah. And she's going to Stanford. So right. what, do you, what do you guys think of, like, the possibilities this kind of this storyline opens up with the boss's daughter yet again. Well, I mean, I figured he probably thought that he was going to use the boss's daughter against him as far as trying to get Ari, like, down. But I don't know. I don't don't know what he could do with it unless they're going to try to do what they're doing with Lucia, which is everything. (laughs) Leverage, yeah, leverage her. And and at the end there, you saw, you know, I don't know where he's going to take her or what he's going to do with her, but... You know, you can he can either turn her in, turn in what they're doing and have the Sarkisians just take care of Ari on their own, mm-hmm. or you know maybe they'll use it to, like you said, to hold it over Ari's head, and get some more out of him. Well, they do the great switcheroo on us where we think that, I mean, we automatically assume he's going to try to use Layla with the Sarkisians against Ari, mm-hmm. um, but what we don't assume is what happens at the end where they actually kidnap her because you're thinking it's more of a knowledge blackmail as opposed to an actual mm-hmm. blackmailing with somebody's life on the line. So that was kind of interesting. Uh, and that's kind of the end of the Armenian storyline is when he pull, he drives his car. I love how it's like you hear the revving sound of this big SUV when you look at the speedometer and it's going like 35, 40. Uh, uh, <laughs> we don't have to Thanks, go too fast to slam into somebody, though. Yeah. Kilometers <laughs> per hour. <laughs> Especially if you wanted to keep her alive. He just needed impact. Anything more would exactly. have been fatal. So. so he throws on a ski mask, pulls some Odin shite, and mm-hmm. goes for it. Um, um, so now let's, uh, let's go into Mike's story. So Mike's story is kind of, kind of short. Um... Basically, Mike wakes up delirious on the couch from the night before. He's high on pain meds, and now he's taking more pain meds. And we wake up to Jake being like, how do you do that bow tie? Mm-hmm. Everyone can tie a tie, but right. a bow tie is like a thing. Right. You know? <laughs> I mean, would you date a guy who doesn't know how to tie a bow tie, Stephanie Georgie? Absolutely not. 
Like, Girls seriously. gotta have standards. Yeah. You know? Two out of two amazing women from the Graceland panel say, you need to tie a bow tie. Yeah. Because a regular tie is not like a thing. What does he say? Yeah. He's like, it's not like a thing. Yeah, it's not like it's a thing. Normal. Everyone can tie a tie. It's not like a thing. Um, so we find out in the scene, uh, this is kind of their opening Graceland scene where they mm-hmm. explain everything. Uh, Charlie's giving uh, Mike some crap. The DOJ's giving a page an award for the doing something, I guess. No, for no, finding another girl. I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's just hating y'all. Y'all know how he feels about Paige. <laughs> I, I've been, uh, I got my nice tall glass of haterade here. Yeah. Um, she will redeem herself this season. Paige the Redeemer. Hashtag redeem Paige. I think redeem that's Paige what was, that was. Mm-hmm. going last season, uh, mm-hmm. or last episode. Um, and we get this great line from Prig saying that everything's optional, just assessing parameters. Mm-hmm. So... It really plays into who Gre- who Briggs is as a person, starting from season one to now. Where, yeah, bend the rules a little bit, yeah, kill a little bit of Juan Badillo, feel bad about it for a while, and then kind of move on. Yeah, I mean they're all kind of guilty of something at this point. That's what I was you saying know? the last time that that's why their bond was getting closer because now no one can hide anything. Or, I mean, no one can say that they're, like, the exceptional agent. Mm-hmm. They've, all, they've all effed up at this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. but out of all the agents, who's the best agent, you think, Steffi? Who do you think is the best agent in Graceland? Ooh, like, as far as what? Technical? Well, we already know looks-wise for you, but I mean, no. like, like, if you were going to choose... like, actually good? Yeah, Briggs, gonna... probably. Briggs? Versus, yeah. He's a boss. Mm-hmm. If not, then Jake's. Jake's? Jake's or Briggs? So if you had a case, you'd want Jakes or Briggs working on it, nobody else. Yeah, and I'd be like, Briggs, if you had to kill somebody, you do you. Just be careful. Just be careful. (laughs) Make sure I don't get caught up for it. Do you feel that Lucia kind of has the short end of the stick dealing with Johnny? Like, do you think she would have fallen in love if it was Briggs instead of Johnny, and maybe she wouldn't be in this situation because he's a better agent? No. No, not necessarily. Johnny will figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I think Johnny's a pretty good agent. He's made a lot of stuff happen. He's kind of gotten in deep in his own right, but he's still, I think... Has his eye on the prize. You got your faith. You, know? you got faith in your man. I got, you, I got faith. Are you speaking in third person when you say he's got the eye on the prize? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a. It is difficult to decide who's right and who's wrong in all these situations. I think that's a general theme for the show. You mm-hmm. know, it's just figuring out how far someone can go before they cross whatever line it is. Exactly. It's almost always a necessary evil with these agents. Mm-hmm. And you also got to see that. I mean, Carlito is playing to his own rules of life down in Mexico because he's not actually an American citizen, so to be held accountable to the American laws, like, it's very difficult. So mm-hmm. in his own mind, the way he was growing up with his father and things like that, he's not really doing anything wrong. Right. No. I mean, maybe if she was with Briggs instead of Johnny, he would have shot him by now, though. Well, but even... I, feel <laughs> I like, think Briggs might have shot her yeah, by but now. But even Lucia, you could tell how normal it was in their family because she was... She even said, she's like, you can't keep him alive like her first thing was you gotta kill him and she had no problem saying it no she tried to kill him last time yeah exactly and that was her brother yeah damn right so (laughs) moving on with dark uh, ass family I know right it's it's some it's some messed up ish it's like the game of thrones aspect of the story without (laughs) Mexicano style with no incest, but it seems like there could have been in the past. Yeah. That, that actually was on the table at one point. I believe it was a thought that was very quickly pushed away. <laughs> um, but there was there was a moment of that, I believe, in some people's heads. We're talking I to Lucia like Lannister it, here? Right, but had it been that, it would have just been Carlito's little obsession with his sister. Not necessarily you. It would have been more of like a molestation thing, kind of. It would have been, yeah, it would I mean, have been if weird. this was... I, like, don't, I don't think she would have been about it. No. 
I just no. think that they would have made that storyline, but then he just would have been situation. nuts. Exactly, would have been an abuse situation. Yeah, that's but. also true. But then there's also the whole triangle storyline if you if you do that whole thing because of Johnny. Of Johnny, yeah, but yeah, but. Anyway, <laughs> I know that's awkward to think of. So Mike decides that he's going to help Briggs out. I'm going to help Briggs out because I'm the big man on campus. And I'm going to go down to Logan's office. I'm going to tell him he can't do this to my buddy Briggs. He's going to be like, no, Mike, don't call the J. Edgar Hoover building. I don't want you to do that. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really work out. I know. I just get frustrated every time that Mike, when he decides to do something, he does something with such arrogance, though. Because I mean, he's on pain meds. I get it. He's not thinking things Even through. He's got big cojones. He'd come in there and be like, "This is my operation. We're gonna do what I say, and that's it." Well, he just he just seems out of his field right now. I mean, he walks in. He's got the big cojones. He puts them on the table and says, "Look." But then the moment the guy shows any resistance at all, Mac is just uh, Mike is just like a. Hey, <laughs> Mac, big Mac here, is uh, he just cowers completely? He absolutely just completely cowers and gets in on himself. Like, yes, sir. Well, when you put he started, it that way, he, he started feeling his pain again or something. Logan made Mike his bitch like within thirty seconds. That's just because yeah. of authority. It's like one of those. What do they say in the Marine Corps? Um, respect the rank, not the person. So you, it doesn't matter. Like Logan can be a complete shit show. Excuse me, but at the end of the day, it's, it's his rank is higher. He can't do it. I don't it's, even think it's the rank thing. I think Logan uses the psychological warfare of keeping his door open when he talks to people. Logan has attended and graduated the School of Samuel L. Jackson acting. Oh and my! That God. is the yelling really loud at yeah. people in front of you. Until they back down. Right. So, I mean, it's kind of like a stage fright thing. You have Mike who's saying... You're so dumb. That was a great comparison. (laughs) I mean, Mike's like in there trying to show his hand, and Logan's like, I don't give a... Yeah. Like, honestly, I got 30 people in here. If I yell, they're all going to look at you, and you're going to feel like an ass, Mm -hmm. and then you're going to walk out of there with the tail behind your legs. But in reality, Mike probably could call the... Surgeon General, not the Surgeon General. I just forgot what he was talking. He probably could call him. Deputy he probably, Director. Yeah, mm-hmm. he could call the Deputy Director and actually have him take his call. But Logan has just kind of freaking neutered him, snipped his balls off. Aw, no. Poor Mike. He's just, he's not in the right state of mind and he's, he's a hot mess right now. Anyone He is, looks good, but he's a hot mess. <laughs> he's a hot mess. There you go. Any meeting that ends with go home. And you actually do go home? Failed. Yeah, that's not... Well, that's the thing, though. It's as if he he got to that point, he said what he was going to, thinking that everything was going to be great, and then he looked too tired to continue. He's like, all right, I'll go home. Well, even the whole... <laughs> I'm like, I, I, need some, I need to go get some more medicine, because my stomach hurts. Yeah. <laughs> the, whole, the whole conversation is, like, an allegory for everything Mike's done. Like, he basically spells out, like, look, you go into these missions, you think you're hot crap, and then you come out... And you don't look good because you're, you've, you have too many fatalities in the missions. Mm-hmm. You don't actually do anything. You just end up getting hurt and then being pushed to the side as other people take credit for your work. Right. And look at what he did. He decided, I'm going to do this mission on my own. He's going to get his hot shit and walk into that office and talk to Logan. And then he gets hurt and feels bad and walks away and yet another failed mission under Mike Warren's belt. Right. Within the process of two minutes. Well, I mean, hopefully this is good perspective for him since Logan kind of laid it out for him in a different way. Yeah, I mean, tough love. Yeah. tough. I mean, but I don't think he loves him. It's just some tough love. Just some tough, tough. Some tough, tough. (laughs) He got that good, good, but now he's getting some of that tough, tough. (laughs) (laughs) 
getting some of that tough tough from Paige too. Um, so yes. moving on, we got Mike back at Graceland. He's taking more. Is it oxycodone or oxycotton? Codone. Mm. That's what they said. I, I should say oxy, so I know. Oxy. So it sounds like I know what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Uh, he's taking some more oxy, and uh, he's talking to Briggs. Do you really think you're going to have Arya Damien under your control? Briggs just says no. Uh, he's like, well, what's your plan? Um, I'm going to kill Ari. This is actually before he went to the garage and put the gun to his back. And Mike says he knows about the tape. So we learn this information that Mike actually listened to the tape when it was in his bag. Right. And find out that he knows all about Juan Badillo. He knows about Odin. I'm assuming he knows about Odin from that. Correct? Yeah, you're not sure how much he knows exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because the tape was just... Yeah. Um, But Briggs kind of puts it in perspective where... Yes, it's going to end badly. They're going to know that I killed Ari. Mm-hmm. There's no way they can't. But I can either end it now, kill Ari, and then be thrown down for Juan Badillo and Ari, mm-hmm. and that college douche that we uh, tore apart, or we... What was his name? Which guy? The the Irish guy from last season. Or from last episode, sorry. I, Sam O'Malley. O'Reilly. Oh, yeah, Sam O'Malley. Um, get put down for that, or mm-hmm. I can build up an entire list of bodies under my belt that they're all going to throw on me when they take the uh, Sar- Sarkissians down with me. Fuck. <laughs> no, I hit it. All right, for those of you not watching, Stephen <sighs> is trying to capture a very I'm trying to capture the moment. A very fly. domestic fly. Um... So uh, now he's back at Grace. Every time we flip back to Mike at Graceland, he's taking more pills. Uh, Jake's knows he's high as hell. Jake's given the tip of at the doctor's meeting, saying, "Just say everything's peachy. Say everything's okay. Every answer you do with is everything's okay." So he goes to the doctor. We see the gigantic scar across his side, the bullet mm. wound, the stab wound. Like everything's just such a good scene. Yeah, um, you just want to see his body. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> and it looked great. So, <laughs> okay, continue. So he's got lots of scars. He basically answers, just like Jake said, everything's peachy. And a little smirk because he was right and it made the difference. Yeah, and the doctor's like, okay, well, uh, I guess you're all good. And Mike's like, oh, by the way, you know, in case anything flares up yeah. again, you think you could refill my prescription that happens to be for, like, probably 150 Oxycontin? Right. I'm happy that the doctor didn't act like an idiot and just say, yeah, sure, because he's like an idiot. He's like, okay, but if I do, then I'm not signing off for mm-hmm. duty. Because they're yeah. not stupid. Like, I just, I also don't like how they're making him look like he just did heroin every time he takes the pills. Oh, the whole eye thing? That's like doing a lot. Especially right, so- to do it so quickly. And I get that, you, like, you had, Stephen had mentioned to me, you know, while we were watching that he's like, oh, it's a mental thing, which I agree. But still, the whole... So, it's like, bro, what did you just take? It's not Oxy, because that's not what happens. I know. It looks like he's tripping freaking acid, and his yeah. eyes are turning silver. And they should have just not done the CGI on the eyes. It just really made it really weird. Um, but we get it. We get that he's feeling extra good right now, and he wants to stick to that. He's feeling good good with himself. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will say to that is, no, the pills wouldn't take effect that quickly. Um, but when somebody has an addiction, when you don't, have that, you know how your anxiety, you get fidgety, your anxiety builds up to a certain point. Mm-hmm. You're not actually craving the effect that the pills have on you. It's like literally just the it's motion like of doing the that. The fact that you took the pills and you know that you've got it in your system, you know what's coming, all the anxiety goes away. You're like, ah, oh, I got my hit. Right. And then, then you can enjoy it or whatever it is, but you're not. Um, how do you feel when you do Oxy? 
You know, when I do it, it's it's kind of similar to Mike, but get out of girl. Hey, she went with it. I just don't understand why he's not snorting it. You know, no, the VOD. The last I I. Uh, I, took, I, I had Oxycontin, I think, for my wisdom teeth. When you take your wisdom teeth out. And How'd you feel, buddy? <laughs> it knocked me the F out. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was crazy. I, like, literally the three days after surgery were completely delirious. So I have no idea how Mike is functioning, let alone trying to get Briggs I mean, off the hook. He's not functioning pain, very well. Right, he's not functioning that well. But if his pain is that bad, then it really is just masking it a little bit. It's just helping, so that's why he's still awake. Whereas with you... I mean, not that wisdom teeth are not painful, but that's why you knocked out, because it's like, oh, they... It feels like somebody <laughs> taking a gun and blowing your mouth out. No, it doesn't feel like that at all. It really didn't hurt. It was just a lot of spitting up blood for three days. It was mm, terrible. Yeah, great. Cool. Really great uh, mm. conversation. I actually talk about that on my first dates. It's great. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. but yeah. Mike, so then, I don't know, this pill thing hopefully doesn't get too bad. Oh, it's getting pretty bad already. Pill poppers, man. They're annoying. I don't see it getting better anytime soon. Yeah. Especially with him on all this pain. I mean, the last thing we see How is he going to get it next? That's the question. Mm-hmm. Oh, then that's when it starts getting bad because he's not doing it. The Return of Odin, starring Mike Warren. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Maybe he'll shave. Okay. Maybe he won't. He's a cop. <laughs> so, the last thing we see in the episode of Mike is he's in a montage in withdrawal. And uh, the other scene we see with him, I'll get into him now because we're talking about Paige. Um, I want to give a shout out really quick. And you know, this seems like as good a time as any to do iTunes shout outs and to talk about iTunes. Guys, you should go to iTunes. Holy crap, I have a lot of notifications from people tweeting about Graceline. Um, They love that you're on. They're all shouting at Jamie Greyheader. You should (laughs) go to iTunes. You should go and search Graceland After Buzz. And you should hit that five stars. And it says leave a comment. You should probably do that too. Leave a comment. Say what's up. Say something. We'll give you a shout out on the show. We'll read your comment on the show. I'm actually going to iTunes right now and pulling this up, and that's why I'm stalling for time as I speak to you guys. <laughs> but now, let's look at some ratings. And I said last week that I might actually force Jamie to say some of these. So <laughs> I'm actually going to give you my laptop. Yay! And these top two right here are the ones from last week. If you want to go ahead and give them shout outs. Oh, we've got Carly Carr 18, and they have to say that they love this after buzz from last week. I love hearing the host's opinions, and interesting when and it's interesting when they point things out that I might have missed. Thank you for this. You're welcome. I agree. <laughs> I know more than Neil at the time. <laughs> um, the next we have is loyal Ola City fan. And they have to say that it was a fantastic after show. They always love listening to your thoughts about each episode, and the way that you break down each episode is great. I agree. Thank All you, right. Stephen, for breaking down the episode so wonderfully. You, you know? are, I couldn't do it without Steffi G. I'm just a nice commentary on the side. <laughs> I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to do it alone. Good. Uh, but yeah, guys, go to iTunes, do that, and then uh, quick Twitter shoutouts. I want to give a shout out, of course, to t- Graceline TV UK. They tweet about the show all the time. Mm-hmm. They live tweet the show. They do all that stuff. Uh, awesome. Tracy Hickson at DJ Tino two two four. Uh, she says, "Can we talk about Mike at Mike's abs too?" Uh, <laughs> Girl, I got you covered. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. More importantly, his pecs and that scene. <laughs> Graceland TV UK is just saying that Mike is a mess. Someone help him. He's he's terrible. And then uh, I also want to give a shout out 
to Nicholas Melendez. Great episode of Graceline TV tonight. Can't wait to hear everybody on the review. Hashtag GL Cheeto. Okay. Yeah. Hey, so since we they brought up Mike and we're about to transition into Paige, do you think that Paige is going to start catering to Mike or that they're going to develop <laughs> they're going to develop a um, <laughs> like one of those dependent like codependent relationships symbiotic relationship because well, I don't know because Mike is almost looking cute to the point where I'm like oh should someone help him should someone be there for him and Paige is kind of a sensitive person to might want to do that like she might recognize those these problems these gro- these pains that he's going through and she's like no Mike don't do that let's go <laughs> to, to the bedroom and I'll help you to quote at Olivia Hasty NYC Paige still literally can't right now. Yeah. The problem is, is if Paige actually, like, would pay attention to her surroundings, aside from driving Charlie to Planned Parenthood, she would actually notice that there's something seriously messed up with Mike. Right. Aside from the fact that she told Sid his location and basically almost got him killed. Well, she didn't even, she was choosing not to pay attention to him until this last scene when she was like, okay, yes, hold me. I know, right? So... Let's we're go mean, damn, we're mean about it, but we're not really mean about it. I mean, well, I mean we're deservedly mean about it. He's mean She's about it. She's going through a lot right now. She you is. Know. But we still love you, Sorinda. <laughs> Just don't love Paige. Um, <laughs> so uh, we get this great uh, little kind of mix-up between Johnny's storyline and Paige's storyline when we're introduced to the DOJ meeting when Johnny's storyline begins with the priest and the priest is saying, upon this rock, I will build my church. And it kind of feels like, in regards to Graceland, in fact, we're kind of bringing these people in upon Graceland. We're building this storyline. We're building these arcs and these characters. And then on Paige's side, we have thoughts are greater, thoughts are the greater part of conduct. Measure them on their deeds. And this kind of plays to what Paige and Mike are dealing with right now, where if you really look at it, you should be measuring Mike on his deeds and not kind of the stuff that he didn't do. I mean, he couldn't right. save he couldn't save Lena, mm-hmm. no. which is the advice he gives Paige at the end. And my question is, does Paige really think that if Mike had th- called the whole thing off when Lena died and let everyone know that Lena was dead and had them go in, that the same amount of girls would have been saved? Like the fact that he stuck around is why she's actually getting this medal for all these girls being saved. Yeah, but you know, she just got way too involved in that situation. She got way involved personally with Lena. She made it her own problem, not a state or a, you know, not a federal problem. So that's what got that's what mixed everything up and then she got sensitive because that was when she was sexually involved with Mike. So she's obviously going to complicate that and just be like, "Well, leave me alone. Let me do this for me." You know? I don't know. Well, it's interesting because they're giving Paige the award when they're saying these things. They're saying thoughts are the greater part of conduct. And they're giving Paige the award when she's been the one who really hasn't been thinking. Right. She's been the one who hasn't thinking and got Mike almost killed. And she's had these of, ideas but she, hasn't developed them. She's been very emotional. But then mm-hmm. Mike is the one she's mad at. But when you look at thoughts are the greater part of conduct, it's more of it's not what you did. It's what your intentions were. Mm-hmm. And Mike's intentions are good. They were good in that whole case. It was never anything. And we find out in the finale of last season, he never was hiding Lena's death from Paige to hurt Paige. Mm-hmm. He was hiding Lena's death from everyone so Lena's parents would feel better. Yeah. So it's just Paige taking that completely out of proportion. Yeah, I think Mike got a little too much flack for that. Overall, I think that she definitely is responsible for being so emotionally involved in that whole case. And, you know, 
he did what he had to do to actually make it a success, like you were saying, and whether that kind of goes back to the whole, like, where's the line, you know, and how mad can she be when what he did did prolong her case to the point where she was able to rescue the rest of everybody else. So it's kind of like, you know, maybe a little too much responsibility was placed on Mike. Especially, it's not like he killed her in it's, cold blood or something, right. you know? Like The only thing, he got, he just exposed of the body. And honestly, yeah. almost in a nice way. It's not like... He did it. I, I see cremation as, like, a very clean, good way to do it. You know, you're not torturing it or, like, making it all gross. It's just, that's it. Done. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question. So, when do you guys do... I mean, you sit there for some of the table reads, right? Even if, like, your scene is, like, for instance, like, this episode just a little bit. Do they ever give you guys, like, a backstory as to why this is really happening, like, furthermore? Or is it just what's happening there? Well, it's kind of up to you to, like, to, you know... Being here and shooting in Florida, we're not able to always be there for all the table reads, so it's more mm-hmm. of a conversation that we have with Jeff, you know, and with Dan or whoever's writing the episode. Um, you know, Eric and I met with Jeff before we started shooting this season to get kind of an idea of where we were going, and that happened at the beginning of last season as well, where you just kind of get an idea for your character's arc so you know where your little markers are along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I mean, you're getting the material, you know, a week or so before you shoot. And so you're just kind of discovering it at the same time that your character is. Right. So you kind of have your character and everything really built really strong, and then what they go through every week, you know, you kind of find out as you go along. And you grow with that, which is probably what they're doing with Mike and their situation, too. Yeah. So, man, that's nuts. I'm wondering how Paige is, or Sorinda's doing that, as far as her emotional state goes, like how she's developing the character for herself then. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Because you don't want to know too much because you want to stay in the moment, but you want to know where it's going, so you mm-hmm. know where you're taking it and all that. And so it's a good, it's a, it's a very important balance that you kind of have to find. Yeah, and yeah. we don't read the episodes we're not in, right? So oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, we'll come in. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, if we haven't read an episode or two, if there's a break for our storyline, you know, you don't read those episodes. You just you remember what your the last thing was, and then what? Yeah, you can ask next. kind of what you missed. You know, you can always ask them for more information. But for the most part, you're just getting the scripts that you're in. So if you're not in one. You watch it kind of like the fans do. Right. You know, you don't really have an idea of what's going to happen. Yeah, because um, today when Jamie got in, she's like, it's so funny to see it put together after you've done the read. So, that because today was the first time you saw episode two, correct? Yeah. And that was, it, does it look a lot better than when it's on the script? It's just so interesting because you have an idea of how things work and how the production works and you read the script and you have an image in your head. You can't help that. When you read anything, you right. just create an image. So sometimes it's very much the same. Sometimes it's very different. Sometimes it's just so cool to see the way the different directors handle the material, Mm -hmm. the styles of the different directors comes through. So it's always really exciting to see it on its feet for the first time. Uh, Right. Do you know who uh, happened to write this episode? Um, I'm not. Did Dan write the second one? I'm trying to remember because I shot. Because Jeff wrote the first one. I'm trying to find it. Okay. Well. They they did a great job. There was only there was this is the one thing that bothered me with this episode was with Paige's storyline, and I hate that it always happens to do with her character. But based on Paige's character and everything that's happened up till now, her with the girls, her with uh, even season one where she's kind of closed off and then opened herself up, she would never drive Charlie to Planned Parenthood. What do you mean? Her character would never do that. You have you have everyone in Graceland is so tight knit. And this is one member of Graceland who's pregnant with the child of another member of Graceland. Paige would never go behind Briggs's back and take Charlie to Planned Parenthood. Unless she had spoken to Charlie about this and be like, I just need you to drop me off. And then they had that discussion and she's like, are you sure this is what you have to do? And what she was really trying to say is that I need Briggs, I need him to think that I don't have the baby anymore. 
because it's just something that I have to do. Do you know what I'm saying? But we, we heard the explanation, but we didn't hear the conversation prior to it. So she easily could have just been saying that in regards to making this little fake um, uh, abortion situation, termination, whatever. I didn't think about that. That's yeah. actually really interesting. So be, I'm only saying this if what you said really does apply to her character because if that's the case then yeah then that was just they were in on that together and then especially with the way that she was because I do feel like Paige would have she might have had more to say about it she would have fought it so much more I don't know, but she's also, she's a female agent. It easily could have just been, no, I get you, girl. I, the last thing I would ever need right now is a baby, especially if I'm trying to get someone down for it. But she's leaving the agency. I think I think it makes a lot of sense what you just said, and I didn't even think about that. I think it was all a misdirection of, of context when they're in the car talking, because mm-hmm. that makes a lot more sense, because she drove off pretty quick. She just dropped her off as opposed to, like, sticking, sticking around. around at all. Which is, that's the only thing I thought. I was like, damn, she's not going to wait? That's, like, really hard to, like, you know, to to have to go through something like that, to not have to wait and take her And that her would home. be the only reason why Paige isn't the one who'd pick her up, too. Hmm. Did I figure it out? Maybe. <laughs> this is why I need Steffi Georgie. All, all right. That's right? why I need you. All right. So meanwhile, uh, Briggs is doing the thing in the money drop for the for the gun at the thing. She's awarded with exceptional heroism, and it's kind of interesting because she, in her mind, is bat- battling with whether or not she deserves the medal, while we, as an audience, are thinking that she doesn't deserve the medal. <laughs> right. So that's kind of an interesting uh, play I mean, on. She, she thinks the same. Wait, which is what you just said, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. She thinks she doesn't deserve it, and we think we don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting how the writings played into that for the audience's sake. That she's feeling the same thing the audience is, um, and her speech is. Thank, thank you. you. I know that was funny. She's like, "Thank God you were getting a reward for just public speaking." Because <laughs> I'm so glad they ragged on her for that. Like yeah. my first thing was good effing speech. Was yeah, what I wrote after exactly. That. So they give her crap. Jake's looks in the middle. He's trying to cheer her up. Everyone's trying to cheer her up. And she's like, nah. So Jake's just like, all right, I'm going to get the car. Yeah. You're a lost cause. Ah, uh, man, I, I, I honestly, I love his character so much because it's such a reasonable and balanced character. Even with his own issues, his issues are are very common. They're what you would expect. There's something human. that you... They're very human. Yeah. Think, yeah, well said. And I, he just always has, like, the right mindset. You know, even with giving Mike the advice of, like, don't talk about God, like, just say peachy. Especially if it was going to be some, like, white doctor the way that it was, no offense or anything like that. But that's exactly, like, what came out. It was, like, perfect. He's like, peachy, oh, great. Let me go ahead and sign you out. So I just... I don't know. He, he brings such a good... Uh, he, I feel like his persona and the... The show is important. Like, they need it. I might be forgetting something, but I can't think of a single huge storyline dilemma that Jake's has had that actually has to do with the case. With this, oh. No, because when it comes to his job, he's on point. Yeah. He does everything right. Literally, he's he's the most human out of all of them because he's the one who just does his job, and then his life is actually where the stress is. He has nothing extra except with the exception of helping people when they need it, Mm -hmm. which is a good trait in a person. So everyone else is, he's the only one who's the opposite of everyone in the house. Because they, like, honestly, if you talk to them, like, oh, what's your personal life like? Yeah, but he's he's real in the sense where it's like he's still a good person, but then he's such a G because when shit like what Briggs goes through, he's also one of those people who are like that keeps a secret. Mm-hmm. He knows it's bad, but it's none of his business. Like and you can really respect someone like that. Mm-hmm. So speaking of uh, saying shit and making this podcast explicit because I did it earlier. Oh, uh, sorry. You what know does, what? That no, is that is your fault because no, you made I, it I said it earlier. But yeah, and last episode you said B I T C H fifteen hundred times. Hey, Steffi, <laughs> what do I always say? <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Oh my god, I'm so excited that you played this in. <laughs> Except for I can't remember it. Bitches, what? Bitches get shit done. Bitches get shit done. That's right, Jamie. Why? Because right. we get shit done, right. girl. I'm so That's glad right. you said it. I didn't want to have to say it. <laughs> Bitches get shit done. I don't know about Lucia, but she's trying. I know. And then, uh, <laughs> Charlie's she's still trying. <laughs> Charlie's still trying to convince Paige to say, says that the genital ratios are out of whack. Um, and Mike talks to Paige, says, hey, can we talk? And she's like, no. And that's the end of that scene. <laughs> Sorry. Back, back in character. Right. <laughs> All right. So uh, moving on, uh, Charlie's cooking to make Paige feel better. That's kind of just a quick little thing. And then we're at the end of Paige's storyline with Paige is in her room. She's yeah. looking at old books, reminiscing. And you see in the background, Mike walks in. And she knows. She looks up. I thought it was going to be so much worse. And he walks in and puts her hand on her shoulder. She's like... (laughs) (laughs) It's very dramatic. It's so dramatic. Stop this, I'm going to read... Mike's like, give me a moment. I'm going to read off Stephen's notes from season two, episode 10 of Graceland. What? So you know exactly what... (laughs) Get out of here. Literally, if you look at my notes, it's like that's kind of how they went. Yeah. Sola, he Mike says that he's going. Sola jumps on hit on uh, oh on right Lena before yeah. Mike can do anything, and before he knew it, she's t- I'm like he's reading my notes. What? Well, there you go. And he's like, I couldn't fathom wasting the chance, so he committed the act and sees uh, Lena in her dreams. And Paige at this point is just really jealous that she doesn't see Lena in her dreams because Lena's gone. And uh No, but she said that she that he had the luxury of it being gone when she wakes up. She was saying that she, even when she's awake, that's all she's thinking about and still sees her. Mm. My issue with this is that this is unfortunate know. when people and or women overanalyze things. She's overanalyzing a lot, especially for her line of work. She just needs to understand that these are situations that happen. And even if it wasn't her line of work, guess what? That's life that happens. When get, things get twisted, things get twisted. It is what it is. It's like I spent... I was... I, I knew my grandfather for 21 years of my life. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe once a day I'll see something that really kind of reminds me of a time I had with him. Paige, you knew this bitch for, like, a day! Mm-hmm. <laughs> How is everything reminding you of this girl you knew for a day? I think she feels like she has to go through this guilt in order to justify getting the award and getting all this other stuff. Like, she's got to take herself through the uh, ringer, you know, in order to feel I just want Paige... I want good Paige back. I mean... Well, she's entitled to her... To her trauma. To her Briggs moments. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone has their time where they mess up, which, again, makes them all human, which, again, makes the dynamic of the house really nice. We're just we're ready for Paige to come back. So this is where she says, this metal is just a reminder of what I did wrong. And Mike says, well, why don't you think about what you did right? And then he switches around. Stop trying to use your sexy voice. And then they hug each other. And you're like, what? What? I was surprised. I thought she was going to push him away. The hug was not expected. Well, she reeled at his touch. It didn't look like she was, like, comforted by it when he, like, no, put but his she, arm. No, but she still put, well, that was the beginning. But when she started, when she broke down and then cried to him and then she did hold him, I didn't expect that. Yeah. I didn't think they'd hug in the end. I think she's over it now, too. All right, so let's rush through Johnny's storyline. Johnny's storyline is mostly action-packed, so I don't really have to go into detail. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be awesome because uh, basically Johnny's taking Sid. The end of the episode is Johnny taking Sid. We assume he's taking him to Carlito. They go through a church. There's a tunnel. They get out of the tunnel. They're in a bar with strippers and awesomeness. Uh, <laughs> basically, Johnny tells Sid that 
Flacco doesn't bring dr- doesn't bring money. Flacco brings guns, and Sid's probably going to put him down, put you down because a bullet's worth more to me than t- putting a bullet in your head's worth more to Carlito because he's crazy. Mm-hmm. And Johnny's like, I don't do the killing. Handcuffs Sid to the gate in the back. Flacco comes in with a briefcase. Oh look, he actually did have money. Doesn't matter. Johnny knocks the crap out of him, knocks him out, throws the briefcase to the strippers, then handcuffs him, goes get Sid. Sid comes back and is like, oh crap! After Johnny fired a few rounds to make it look like Sid was or Flacco was firing. Then they get in the RV, take it all the way up to Carlito's place, get there at night. Sid's like, all right, so we'll work together. And now we walk in upon Eric Valdez in a tub. <laughs> Ooh, great! Can we talk about behind the scenes stuff? Yes. Oh my goodness! I'm so excited. So he got measured for a cup. Oh yeah. So the same. The, we got all of our fittings done for the for the first two episodes at the same time, and he and I are in the same room, just like trying on all our stuff, being silly. And that's when I, they had several dress options for me from episode one, mm-hmm. and they were trying to figure out what was the worst best option for Lucia. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, uh, she's like, Eric, we have to fit you for your cup for. The bathtub scene, and he just swings open the door and comes walking out into the costume <laughs> area, and it's just like, well, and we're all just dying laughing. I just thought was, I wasn't there for that. It was hilarious, you know. You don't need to take those things too seriously. <laughs> They're already going to be uncomfortable enough. So, right? No, absolutely. Then seeing it play out tonight with all the bubbles, that scene was just—that's probably my favorite scene. It's just covered in foam. I love. I was excited for the way he was going to stand up because his personality, like his character, is so unbelievably cocky. He'd be yeah. like, "Yeah." Here's yeah. my junk. I half expected him to like give it a shake, like it's okay. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> totally. Give it a little, I know, like right? what you see, fellas. Like, what do you want? Exactly. You know, like, hey, Johnny, you missed this. this? I was just say you could have had this, Johnny. <laughs> we could have had something special. <laughs> oh shit! You're that still was my cornflake, Poppy. You're still my what? Cornflake? Corn I don't know. <laughs> At least you put a poppy in there. I don't know about <laughs> frosted flakes, but I don't know. So they. Lucia, and that's why they had to go to Eric or uh, sorry, Carlito in the first place. And Lucia's like, "No, no. we cannot leave. This is a telenovela, <laughs> and we must kill no, him because basically didn't. he owns the borders." And no, she was a gene. She, I know, right? <laughs> at least, at least uh, if Sarin ever watches, don't worry, girl. Look, <laughs> he's mocking me too, and I'm sitting right here. <laughs> no, I love that she got up like scared. Yeah, she got like, nice shaking. Hey, Just but like I can't believe that's where he has her, though. Oh, and it feels so dirty when we're shooting it. It's Ew. just like this little shed in the back of the house, and they put like a toilet in there and like a dirty roll of toilet paper. Like the thing, the art department just. I was like, oh god, I don't want to touch anything, even though I know it's all like clean dirt. It's oh, like, no, mm. it looked like it. And I've been in those clothes for like ten years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the same outfit. You know, outfit from the last episode of last season, and mm-hmm. but you, you finally know. get to embrace and kiss. You know, it's true. Oh, that was great. It's true. I'm so jealous about How it. How many takes did that take again? It was these extra ones for those. I don't know why, but no. <laughs> really? Oh my god! What? How? Who was hired for your like stand-in or your double or whatever? Uh, uh, so Jamie Gray's got a kiss. Uh, Eric, can we get the can we get the stunt kisser in here? Right. Eric's got bad. He had those burritos today. Bad breath. So. You know, they would do that to us. There was really good food and make us do kissing scenes. Nice. Oh, God. I mean, I guess okay. Maybe get that garlic over here. Oh, yeah. my God. I know. I'm just playing with you guys. So they, uh, they, they're taking Carlito. He opens up the he opens up the safe. And just like Lucia, he's got his own little knife that he probably hid in his, like, taint or whatever he wants. Oh, really going there. The gooch. <laughs> Still there. Still there. Still there. I, know. I missed it. He's I was like, wait, he's tub. not saying that. He's you naked are. in a tub. Where is he hiding a knife? In his robe. 
Oh, that makes a lot more sense. Carlito would never be anywhere without a weapon. I totally didn't even think about that. Right, of like, course. He's like, he's definitely squeezing that shit with his eyes, with his butt. <laughs> just drops on the floor. <laughs> and so he's like, wait, and then you just see like a relaxation move happen, and then it's just like, bloop in the water. That's disgusting. <laughs> it's horrible. It's so oh, harsh. I've been holding this for years. Finally get to use it. So, stabs Sid. Sid starts shooting. Uh, Carlito's like battling on the ground. Johnny's just like, where's Lucia? Instead of like just shooting Carlito outright, looks out the window. Lucia's getting black bag taken to a car. We're going to take it back in the house. And we see the scene from this angle that really looks like this knife is going straight into freaking Carlito's eye. I thought it was. Yeah, Yeah, right up on his cheek. Uh, And uh, Johnny makes the decision because Carlito says, if I die, she dies. And uh, Johnny just... Two and freaking sit, and that's the end of. Uh, Which is Mr. okay Carmine. that Johnny did it because it was with good reason in the situation, and because he did. Sid was messed up to all of Graceland, so he was looking out. Did I shoot Carlito too. Ugh. I know, but you know what? Here's my problem. I need your character to be alive. I need Johnny to be happy. And I just, but it really does trip me out the dynamic between the siblings. Like, that's so sad because I keep thinking that you're going to be merciful or someone's going to be like, no, that's my brother. And neither of you give two ish. And you know, like, peace <laughs> out, brother. You see that in the beginning of, you know, of last season when we first come in, you kind of see she was like that. her obligation to protect him or at least, you know, clean up his mess. But then he killed way, his dad and you're like... Yeah, once it crossed that line, you know, it was kind of like, wow. And in realizing he had no boundaries, it's like, right. well, why, why do I still have these boundaries? And you, and and you know how they work, you? so you have to protect yourself. I just think it's yeah. interesting because in, in the second season, Carlito's kind of portrayed as this really immature idiot, kind of buffoon. But when you kind of look past that, he's very intelligent. He's still running this multi-million dollar mm-hmm. drug organization. And Has immediately, time for a bath of the classical music. Immediately <laughs> when he sees Carmine, he already picks apart what Johnny's done, how he set up this lie. As soon as he says Flacco didn't have the money, he's like, Flacco had the money. It's pretty obvious. I mean, I'm not lying. Like, honestly... Yeah. Look who you're working with. Here, I'll give you the money now. You can leave. But Carmine doesn't think that he can trust him because he's too anxious. Mm -hmm. So Carmine gets shot, and Johnny is still a good little boy. (laughs) My good little boy. Lucia gonna stay alive. I'm gonna make you guys bite each other's ears really creepily at the end of the season again. (laughs) Perhaps. I don't know. Do you? You probably do. Okay. So, um... Moving on to... God, that was a crazy Johnny Starling. Moving on to Charlie. Um, Charlie's basically trying to bring down Jermaine, the guy who beat the crap out of her with the help of Amber. Uh, she has Amber in custody. They're trying to use something against Amber. Amber's going to gonna do something stupid again. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, they're setting it up for her to have a miscarriage now, and it's going to be mm-hmm. Charlie's fault and yeah. not Briggs's fault and not anyone else's fault. And yeah. Briggs is just going to be like... It's going to ruin irreparably the relationship between Charlie and Briggs. That's what I think, anyway. Um, so that's kind of what's going on. She's she's trying to get Amber six to ten on the deal, but Amber says, "Look, I have to take you down to South Florida and make the deal myself, so I can introduce you to this guy who used to be the money cleaner for mm-hmm. Jermaine, or Jermaine used to clean money for this guy's drug deal. So we're going to get introduced to this new drug kingpin, which hypothetically could be the Sarkissians. We don't know yet if they're mm-hmm. going to tie these two storylines together." Um, 
And then Briggs says, no way in hell, I'm going to take you off and put you on maternity leave eight weeks early, or eight, yeah, eight weeks early if you try to get on, so much as get on a plane. Mm-hmm. And that's when Charlie comes up with the idea, or to assume, that she's going to trick Briggs into thinking that she had an abortion so she can mm-hmm. get on the plane and go and do the mission, because the mission is the number one. Right, and I understand Charlie's thought process in this, but I also really respect and love Briggs's reaction to it. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's the mother of his child, and it's his child, so... As much as she wants to say, I just, why don't we skip everything and go to the part where you're relieved? Um, I mean, he's, maybe he's relieved because of the situation's gone and it was made, it was done by her. But regardless, if the baby was, you can't, you're not completely hateful. Like, he was willing to accept it. If you're willing to accept it, you're willing to accept the fact that you're going to grow to love it and it's going to be so much more than what you thought. But, and so he was taking the responsibility regardless. That's what I appreciate about him. And he's like, no, done. Like, you're a mom now. That's it. We made the decision together. Okay, I have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. No, it's done. Um, running through the end really quick, we get, a mon- we get a montage. Mike's in withdrawal. Johnny's punching stuff because he's really pissed off, of course, because mm-hmm. he's right under Carlito's little thumb again. Oh, how stressful, dude. He just wants to see her back. Poor thing. Yep. Uh, Charlie's Stupid in a cell with Amber, dress. foreshadowing next episode, which is going to kind of play with that. And uh, Paige is looking at the medal, and she kind of has a half smile now. So hopefully she's getting a little bit better. Um, scenes, this is my case. Let's shut down Carlito. Mike's basically trying to take control, which means that the case is going to utterly fail. <laughs> Jamie, thank you for joining us today. What do you have going on besides Graceline right now that you can kind of boost up on our show here? Well, I have something super awesome going on that I can't actually boost up on your show. Oh, oh, man. I gave you guys a hint, yeah. though. I came with my, with my moves. a main character yeah. in Fallout 4. <laughs> yes. No. No. Confirm! No. No. Uh, I'm only working on a new motion capture project over the next nine months or so for a new animated character, um, and it'll be really awesome once it all comes out. Ooh. Right? I'm excited. Is that a feature or yeah. a show? Can you I'm, tell us? I can't say anything about oh, it. Oh, man. Can, I, can, we say awesome. that, can we say that? Oh. <laughs> you have no. mics. I know, and no, I was trying to I know whisper. Oh, okay, no. I was trying to whisper to you with headphones on I mean, guys, look at Jamie. Like, look at Jamie right now. <laughs> you know that she's the new Tomb Raider. Like, come on. She's Laura Croft. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We're out of time. We don't. Really, we unfortunately don't have time for predictions tonight because we got to get going and let the other show get in here. But... Uh, converse with us through the week. Tweet at us. We'll tell you yes. what we think. Ask us questions about what we think is going to happen. We'll definitely answer with our thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, where can we find you on Twitter, Stephanie Georgie? You guys can find me on Twitter, Snapchat, and Periscope at Stephanie Georgie. And on Instagram at the Stephanie Georgie. And Jamie, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me of again. And, uh, of course, you can find Jamie at JG Hyder on mm-hmm. Twitter. Uh, Jamie, Instagram and- go ahead and give a shout out to your fans. Anything you want to say? I just want to say thanks for sticking by Lucia, man. It's been a rough run for her, but everybody, it's so cool. Everybody wants what's best for her and Johnny, and mm-hmm. so it's good to have that support behind us. And, you know, the Familia Solano is happy to be back this season. So thank you for being such lovers of our of our family. And, <laughs> and follow her on Periscope, too. Yes. And yeah. now, is the, uh, now is the time on our show where uh, Jamie's going to pull out her phone and she's going to call Daniel Sanjata and tell him to calm down to the after show. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, guys, thank you for tuning in. This has been the Graceland After Show here at AfterBuzz TV for Season 3, Episode 2, entitled Chester Cheeto. I've been your host, Stephen Lemieux, at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X. We'll see you guys next week for Season Three, episode three. Um, I saw the title before, but I don't remember now. Uh, tune in next week, and we'll hopefully have another great guest for you guys. Goodbye. Thanks. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. 
to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.